Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Auction. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. My guest today on The End Game is Isabel Alexander, who describes herself as an author, a speaker, a dreamer, and a doer with the work ethic of a farm girl. She is also a podcaster and an experienced entrepreneur, which may be why she calls herself the mistress of reinvention. She is currently the CEO of the Encore Catalyst, a training program that encourages adults who seek to move up to the next stage of their lives. Isabel, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. My pleasure, Don. So I'm intrigued by your self-description of having the work ethic of a farm girl. Uh, do you speak from experience on the farm? Absolutely. I was raised on a farm, and I do credit that experience in my life, although begrudgingly as a teen, I thought it was like corporal punishment. But I did develop some very good habits, and certainly I think the best thing was the resilience that is required as an entrepreneur is is born in farmers. Interesting. Well, as Virginia Slims used to say, uh, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> uh, do you think you were a born entrepreneur or did you fall into it by accident? I, I think that I was born. Uh, it's part of my strengths, it's part of my DNA, Um, And all those, you know, many profiles and assessments and tests I've taken have confirmed it. I am a creator. I create ideas, not necessarily always the best implementer, but um, having that imagination and ability to look at a situation and think of a better way or a different way of doing it has stead me very well in my life. I've always been going against the norm, against the status quo in my businesses and sometimes achieving great success with that. I know that um, you talk to your clients about reinvention. Uh, Is starting businesses as you did what, what you mean by that? Well, that journey came, was an evolution from me selling the company that I had built after 20 years. Uh, and and the, it is a true story, literally from my dining room table to boardroom tables around the world. And through the 2008 economic um, upheaval, I decided it was time for me to leave that stage uh, as a woman in the in a male dominated industry the chemical industry and try something different but what i learned in that process was that i wasn't at all prepared for the feeling of loss of identity and loss of purpose and even loss of sense of personal value when i didn't have the status and the routine and the community that I had when I had that business card that that said CEO of something, and so that through that journey for myself, which was really very much like Alice in Wonderland falling down the hole, 
to learning about, well, I just wasn't prepared. I didn't anticipate that it would be such a radical change in my life and that I needed a process for the transformation to figure out who I am now and what I'm going to do next in my life, uh, that it, it brought me to this role I play today, which is helping other people you know, write a new script for their life, choose a new stage to play on, figure out who are the cast and crew required to support the success of that new role. And as I say, star in the next and best stage of your life. So are your clients mostly um, people who have made it to the top and then looking to start something else? Or do they are they a broader swatch of, of life? I have a really quite a diverse following and client base. Some are people in the corporate track presently who really want to get out and haven't figured out, uh, as I say, to let go of this rung of the trapeze and grab the one on the other side. I certainly work with a lot of professional women and entrepreneurs who are looking for gosh, is this all there is to my life? But I even, I even speak and work with young, younger people, uh, the generation that, although we've said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up and shouldn't you have figured it out by now, also benefit from having that mentor perspective, coach perspective to say, okay, let's, let's figure out really what you've been preparing for for this stage of your life and have you found that the experience you had of of being lost and uh, down the rabbit hole is is one that other people have had as well absolutely positively um, i published a book for my 65th birthday which was really you know chronicling this journey of mine and my life, uh, which has had some rather surprising plot twists and turns. And the book is called Who Am I Now? Feminine Wisdom Unmasked and Uncensored. When people read that book, invariably, I would say more than 90% of the time, the first comment, the first feedback to me is, oh my God, I thought it was just me. Mm. And, you know, it, it just it validates for me that as a generation of baby boomers, uh, who is the majority of my audience, we were not prepared for living this much longer, uh, you know, impact on what we thought was our nest egg. We certainly weren't prepared for what the retirement dream truly turned into in many cases it was a retirement mirage or a retirement nightmare for people that weren't feeling the joy that they thought they were supposed to when they got to that place yeah i can certainly relate to that because that was my own experience yeah Um, i was gonna say i retired uh thinking i was going to write novels because that was my childhood ambition um, and it turned out not to be satisfying, and it turned out to be lonelier than I had really anticipated. 
and I was fortunate to get coached into uh, a track that's been more productive for me, which is, is writing weekly and podcasting and getting feedback on a regular basis. And that's, that's been very gratifying, and that's, that's what I'm working on now. I just wanted to say thank you to you, Don, for what you're doing. And hopefully this also encourages more of you and me who share the, the reality, even though it's not as glamorous. And sometimes it feels a little awkward to be confessing. We don't have our all figured out. We don't have all the answers. And there, there have been some surprises and disappointments in this discovery of, okay, we did everything we were supposed to by the societal handbook of our generation, right? We went to school, we got a good job, we got a good relationship, we bought a house, we were supposed to pay off the mortgage, raise smart, good-looking children. And at that point of the golden watch, we were supposed to just be so happy doing nothing, <laughs> having no purpose, having complete radical disruption to the life that was our life for 30 or 40 or 50 years, depending on, on the age at which you were either forced into retirement, chose retirement, or there was some other reason to cause a major change in your life. One of the things that I get irritated by is, is people who call constantly say, you have to plan everything. You have to plan your retirement. If you haven't planned it in advance, you are SOL, buddy. And I think there's a lot to be said for the unplanned because even the plans don't work out. Mm -mm. So you, you talked about resilience. I think that is really key. You have to be able to to roll with, with what hits you because the plans aren't always going to bring, bring you where you hope it will. So true because, I mean, nobody in their plan uh, anticipated the decimation of 2008, 2007, 8 on uh, the values of people's retirement plan. Uh, no one could have planned in a strategy for the pandemic that, you know, we've just recently experienced. No one plans for a spouse or a partner to die early uh, or a divorce. Uh, you know, there's just so many unplannable things. But certainly I think the one that I got shamed a bit over was that, well, you should have planned to have enough money to live the way you'd like to. Um, not that wasn't all in my control. Um, and also I think to Don is that we didn't have role models. At least I, I certainly didn't for what it is like to live. I'm now 68 years old. What my life is like now, there was no reference uh, from my parents or grandparents about living this long, having this much freedom. <laughs> they certainly never talked about being a personality on, on the internet. Uh, it was more a thought of, will they survive? Will their health hold up until they got to 70-ish and they could slow down and sort of 
fade off gently into that sweet night. Yeah, what a what a high ambition they have for us. Um, so yes, um, the world has changed quite a bit without us doing much about it, and and uh, it it changes all those myths that we were were fed when we started out. Let me switch gears just a little bit and talk about the people that you uh, work with. Um, what is what is the the pain point? that brings them to you? The pain point, no matter what segment of my audience or client base is the disappointment of expectations of what it was supposed to be like. Uh, there, the, there is always an element of feeling a loss of identity and influence and not being really sure about their impact in the future. Uh, so, you know, if you're a business owner, uh, as I really have a, an affinity uh, for working with business owners that have reached that stage of, you know what, I am so, so done with this. I have built it and put my heart and soul and sweat equity into this. And I'm feeling now that it's a responsibility, an obligation. It's no longer a joy. And there is, there are other passions and there are other interests in my life that if only I could keep the investment of this business because I'm so vested in it personally and also start my next role in life. And those are the people that I think I really resonate with because I was on that journey myself and I show them how to prepare to fire themselves as the manager of the business, to promote themselves to chair of the board and empower a team to run that business. Uh, should they decide to do that or prepare to sell the business? Uh, because that's the other thing. If you're a hands-on entrepreneur, it's difficult to get any real value out of your business when selling it means you're the primary asset and the company is radically devalued when you're extracted from that equation. What about for um, people who are just professionals, not business owners, but um, you know, working, working people, what's their pain point? Similar. It's that how do I, first of all, how do I get a vision and some certainty around what it could be? And how do I believe it and remove the limiting doubts, the limitations I put them on, on myself, and then what's the transition plan? Uh, and that's where I used the Encore methodology that I developed for myself because there wasn't any resource like that uh, that I could find. And by gosh, I looked under all the rocks. I read all the books. I, you know, I went to all kinds of networking uh, events about why don't I know who I am now? And so creating the Encore methodology gave me a process, something to hang on to and have a vision going forward about, okay, I'm not starting from scratch. I'm starting from experience. 
um, this is, you know, these are the assets that I have today. And, and when I mean that, I mean my personal currency, not dollars in the bank, but what are my strengths? What are my, re my resources on which to start this new role in my life? And then let's draft a script for that life, that role starring you and figure out what's the stage that you're going to play that role out on, whether it's a novelist or writing um, for some stack or podcasting or, I don't know, moving to Botswana and running a game preserve, whatever it is that, you know, whatever is in your dreams, whatever you've held back there for a long time because you didn't think you could actually do that and then the the next step is okay so who's the cast and the crew that you need to make sure are in that orbit with you that plan with you so that you can achieve what you want to do and then get busy about the the real nitty-gritty is the production part which is the how to when, how much money, what courses do you need to take? What skill sets do you, you know, need to polish? And um, then as I say, star in the next and best role in your life. That's lovely. Um, does it seem to work? It does. I think I'm proof, proof in the pudding, right? Um, in a lot of ways, what you're talking about it sounds to me like reinvention is just taking what you already do well, but imagining a different configuration of how to arrange them or, or a different stage on which to play them, as you say. And that's exciting. But I wonder why, why do clients seem to have so much difficulty in taking that next step? What, what seems to be holding them back? Is it lack of imagination? No, uh, I believe the number one symptom is not believing that they are entitled to, that they deserve to. There's something, and that's not the case for everybody, but, you know, we've, we've, we were handed a pretty a narrow box to grow up in, to evolve in, that said, this is what success looks like. And you better check off all those boxes or you really, you know, you really have just been taking up oxygen on the planet. Uh, so then when you come to a stage of, yeah, but I always wanted to be a rock star or a novelist or a uh, run a pet rescue or whatever. Those are usually ideas that people have kind of kept either a secret or at some point they vocalized those and they were shamed or admonished for it. Like, don't be stupid. You can't make a living as a violinist. You need to have a job from nine to five. Or you have to run the family business mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, you're the next in line. It's your responsibility. Or you better not quit that job because we need to save money for retirement or the kids are going to need some money to buy a house because real estate has gone out of sight. 
So there's a lot of a lot of reasons where we've made our view of our own role. Maybe we've typecast ourselves in my encore theatrical fun vernacular. Uh, that that's who we must be, and that in the case in my case, I was feeling some shame about not being very happy in my freedom in retirement at a younger age. Let me ask this. If if you could give just one piece of advice to people who are listening to this podcast about uh, how they can go forward, what would you say? I like to start at the very beginning, which is what I call the prologue of the Encore program, and that's had them take stock of how rich a foundation they have to start with to go on and do the next thing. And we're not just talking about how many zeros in your bank account, but as I said, it's those skills and talents and really unique qualities that have been, you've been rehearsing, if you will, all your life for this exact moment. Okay. You've been preparing yourself without knowing for what you're going to do next. And that, I think that's so important, and it's something my clients are pretty gobsmacked about when we go through the exercise and we actually create a value sheet of everything they already have, who they are, and their resources, etc. That is, um, that takes a little bit, a lot of the fear away from it, shall I say. Because then it's recognizing, as I say, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. And you are perfect for what you're going to do next in your life. Yeah, you might need to take some courses or maybe you might have to hire some talent. But you're, you're perfect. That's great. This has been a really wonderful conversation, Isabel, and I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights with us today. It is such a pleasure to find fellow explorers of who we are, not only now, but who we want to be next and a determination to go and find out. Thank you. You can learn more about Isabel Alexander and the Encore Catalyst at her website, TheEncoreCatalyst.com Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The Endgame, at TheEndgame.Substack.com I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The Endgame.